Well, there's a verse of Scripture in Psalm chapter 11. And uh, these, this is not in your notes. Um, I just want to preface what I shared today with this. You know, we just started a series yesterday, uh, last Sunday, and it, I just really, you just start a series and then, you know, you have Father's Day. And I wanted to continue in the series, but I just felt, I just felt compelled not to, and, but yet struggled with. In Psalm 11, verse 3, it says this. It says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The foundation of our community is our family. And our families are in tremendous attack. Tremendous attack, and more so every day. In fact, just recently, in the, in the headlines with a presidential election and the comments that are being made, our families are the foundation of our community. And if the foundation of our community be destroyed, what are the righteous to do? How many of you know the foundation is the family and God created the family? Amen. And, you know, I wrestled with state in the series or to, you know, um, talk about fathers. And uh, to be honest with you, I would rather bypass this because I'm right in the middle of that. And my daughter is going to hear me preach today. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I feel like, ah, I don't know about this. You know, I wanted to call Brother Francis and say, Brother Francis, you come teach on Father's Day. But at the same time, I feel something about whether I'm doing it right or whether I'm failing or whatever. It don't matter. We got to talk about it. Come on, are y'all with me? Why? Because the foundation is the family and we got to support and we got to strengthen the family. Amen. And so in Exodus chapter 20. We're going to begin with the same verse we talked about or we used in the Mother's Day sermon. In Exodus 20, verse 12, it says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord God gives you. Now, in Exodus 20, we know that these, this is a chapter where God gives the children of Israel instructions as they're leaving the wilderness and leaving the bondage of Egypt and they're going into the promised land. And he gives them these instructions, what is commonly known as the Ten Commandments. And as we said for Mother's Day, I think it's very fascinating that the Lord includes one of the top ten specific instructions for the children of Israel that they should honor their father and mother. One of the top ten, honor your father and mother. Now, how many seminars can you pack if you do a seminar of learning how to honor your father and mother? It's not really a great value in our society today, wouldn't you say? But yet the Lord at the top of the list says, honor your father and mother. Honor means to value, esteem, respect, and treat favorably. And so why is it so important to respect and treat favorably and put value in the family? Well, I believe there's two reasons that it's important to exercise honor in the family. Number one is for our personal benefit. And the Bible says here in verse 12, honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged. Personal pronoun, your days may be prolonged. How many of you know it's to our benefit that we honor our father and mother? It's for our benefit, right? 
that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord God gives you. Now, you know, whenever you look at that verse and it says that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord, what land was he talking about? The promised land, right? And so, you know, whenever I think about that, the promised land was the, it's the good land. It's the land flowing with milk and honey. And so the promised land represents the place of God's favor and provision. And so when you look at that verse and he says, honor your father and mother that you made, your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord God gives you. You really could say that honor in the family prolongs and keep you in the place of God's favor and God's blessing. Amen. How many of you would like to live in the place of God's honor and favor and blessing? So honoring your parents can lengthen your time in the favor and blessing of God. It can enhance your life. You see, now, when you first would say, hey, let's do a seminar on honoring your father and mother, nobody would break the doors down to go to that. But if we really understood the principle, we would be willing to break the doors down to learn more about that. Because everybody would go to a seminar how to get rich and get famous or, you know, all that stuff. And we look at worldly ways of success and we bypass the most, the most important principles to get us there. Amen? And, you know, and so we got to remember that the reverse is true as well. Ephesians 6, 2 says, honor your father and mother. This is the first of God's Ten Commandments that ends with a promise. This is the promise that if you honor your father and mother, you will, you, yours will be a long life full of blessing. And the opposite is true in Deuteronomy 27, 16. Cursed is he who dishonors his father and mother, and all the people shall say Amen. So now, cursed is he who dishonors his father and mother. Blessed is he who honors. You know, dishonor is to treat as common and ordinary and menial, to treat shamefully or humiliate. You know, it's having no respect. You ever been somewhere or been around somebody that they don't respect you? You ever been there? You've ever experienced? That's what he's saying. He's saying, look, we need to respect. We need to honor. We need to put place value on our parents. Proverbs 20, 26, or 20, 20, God puts out the light of the man who curses his father and mother. So if honoring positions you and puts you in the promised land, the place of blessing, to dishonor takes you out of that place and puts you back in the wilderness. I like to live in the promised land, not the wilderness. Amen? And so the reason why we need to place honor in the family is because it's for our benefit. It's for our welfare. It's, for, for, it's to enhance our life. Amen? But then there's also the second reason we need to exercise honor in the family, and it's for our corporate benefit. The Bible says in Malachi 4, 6, He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to the fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. This is the very end of the Old Testament. In, in this verse, Malachi says, A lack of honor between the father and his children Our children and the father results in a curse in our land or in our society. And so a fatherless society or the honor of a father in our society weakens our society, wouldn't you say? It weakens our society. No, I heard one yes. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. So think of the men that are roaming around aimlessly right now in the world still looking for the affirmation, the love, and the approval of their father. 
Think about all the ladies that are looking for love in all the wrong places. They're living a life on the street, still looking for the approval, the affirmation, the love, and the support of a a father's love is powerful, wouldn't you say? And whenever a father is not loving his children, and and whenever children are not honoring their father, there's there's an ill in our society. Wouldn't you say that we... That's happening right now. One of the greatest needs in our society is, uh, is fathers actively functioning in their God-given role. It's a great need. We're living in a fatherless society. We're living in a broken, a broken foundation anymore. Isn't that right, church? Come on, are you all with me? And so, you know, it's happening all around us. We can see it. And, you know, we got to talk about it. We need godly fathers actively functioning in our families. We need it. We got to have it. If the church is to survive, if the church is to thrive, we need godly fathers functioning in their God-given roles in our families. We got to have it. Amen. Why is that so important? Well, Mark 3.27 says this. No one can enter the strong man's house and plunder his property unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. Now, we know that that verse is talking about spiritual warfare and Jesus was talking about the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And he's saying, hey, before you can cast out demons, you got to bind up Satan. But you know what? It's a warfare principle. It's a warfare principle. If you want to plunder a house, you have to first bind up the strength or the strong man of the house. That's what Jesus said. And to bind up means to tie up, restrain with cords, leaving a person defenseless and unable to fight off intruders. And so for our spiritual application this morning, we could say that spiritually speaking, Fathers represent the strong man of the family. And if Satan can bind up or tie up the fathers of the family, then he stands a much better chance of plundering the children and the wives of those families. Come on, are y'all with me? Do you see that? If he can get a man all tied up, bound up, and just in the spiritual fog, in this darkness, then he can come in and he can wreak havoc on a family. Why does godly fathers need to be positioned so the enemy can't plunder families? Amen. Because God has called men to be strong men. Amen. Let me illustrate the importance of active fathers in the family. 95% of prisoners in our prison system today, men and women, have never met or grew up without a father actively involved in the home. 95% of them that are incarcerated have not had the benefit of having a father being active in their life. Recent studies shown that the children who grow up with a negligent or an absent father are more likely to drop out of school, suffer from poverty and depression, battle with self-esteem and insecurity, be promiscuous, have children out of wedlock, commit delinquent acts of violence and crime, and engage in drug and alcohol use. Children who grew up with a negligent or absent father. In short, these stats prove that fathers are vitally important for the family. Are y'all with me? Now, our society right now is saying you don't really need a father in the family. It's okay. You can have two ladies. 
Am I, am I stepping out of turn here? Is that what you're hearing? No, listen, you think God like messed up when he decided a man and a woman needs to be the parents of a family? No way. But you know, Romans 12 says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let the world force you into its mold. You know, we can't allow the world to tell us what's right and how we're supposed to live our life. Come on, church of God. Come on, where are we going to get our training from? Who are we going to listen to? The voices out there or the word of the Lord? We need men in the families. We need godly men. We need strong families. And to have strong families, we have to have men in their places. Amen. Before the enemy can plunder a house, he has to first bind up, tie up. Men. A man that doesn't have the influence of a father will lack. And that's why we got so many confused people in our world. Because of the breakdown of our family, people coming up in those families and they're just, they just missing something. How do they get bound up? How do these men end up? You know, whenever I think of that, I think of a man all tied up on his lazy boy. You know, the bind up means to be tied with cords, unrestrained, where you can't do anything. You know, somebody can be coming through the window and you can't help. The enemy can be breaking down the back door and you can't move. You're tied up. You're bound up. And this is not physically tied up. It's spiritually tied up. It's emotionally tied up. It's relationally tied up. Amen? And how do we get tied up? Some fathers get tied up with distractions, like with, with work, with hobbies, with entertainment, with life's busyness. And they just get tied up, distracted. Some fathers, listen, these are not bad men with evil intentions or wrong motives. They've just gotten preoccupied. And so some fathers are tied up with bondages and addictions. How can they be a father figure in the home? They are so messed up because they can't go a day without having some kind of of, of help just to process life. You know, addicted to, you know, drugs, drinking, gambling, pornography, computers, and you could go on and on. And these men have been enslaved and controlled by these bondages, rendering rendering them ineffective as fathers. And then there's some fathers that get up, get just all tied up spiritually. They're not addicted and they're, they're okay, you know, they've got their priority, but they're just tied up. They're spiritually, they're spiritually tied up with complacency, which means they have no motivation or desire to pursue or to serve God. And so therefore, they have, they have no ability to cover their family or protect their family spiritually, and their family becomes vulnerable to Satan's devices. That's why it's not just good enough for fathers. We need godly fathers, spiritual fathers, men of God. Come on, help me, men. Come on, we got to rise up. Amen? We got to stand up. So I believe Satan has strategically targeted our fathers, knowing that a weakened, fatherless society will be a cursed society. I believe men have that bullseye. And so Satan strategically goes after the strong man because if he can get the strong man, he can get into the house. But we need to reverse the curse. Come on, man. We need to reverse the curse. Amen. 
We need to, we need to, we need to loose ourselves from the bondage. We need to loose ourselves from the, from the ropes that the enemy would try to put on us. And we need to rise up. We need to wake up. Amen. We need to go close some windows. We need to go shut some doors. We need to pull out our, our spiritual shotgun and go hunting. Amen. For the enemy, drive them out of our families. Come on, men of God. Come on. We got to rise up. Our families are at stake. Our society is at stake. We need men of God. So how do you reverse the curse? Number one, uh, as children, let's choose to honor the uh, office of fathers. As children, you know, how do, how, do you, how do you put fathers where they need to be? Well, let's honor them. And I mean, you see some of these sitcoms and they show the man like he's this stupid, ignorant, uh, er- erroneous, erroneous kind of person. And they portray a man like that. Well, you go ahead and follow that train and you're going to end up in the wilderness. Listen, Hollywood don't dictate to us our doctrine. Come on. Godly fathers are God's plan for man. And so we need to place honor. We honor the office of fathers by choosing to honor our fathers as children. Let's start there. Bible says in Ephesians 6 two, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. So listen, regardless of our age, we need to honor our parents. We need to honor fathers. Isn't that right? It's not like as soon as you get married, that's you done with that. It's, it's a command that we live with all our lives. Is that right? And so honor is a command given to us by God. So therefore, it has to be attainable through our choice. Right? If it's a command God gives us, he wouldn't ask us to do something we can't do. We say, well, Todd, man, you just don't know my situation. I probably don't. But you know what? I think regardless, we can make a decision to say, you know what? If the Lord says I need to honor, I need to respect my father, then I need to do that. Amen? And so as children, we need to honor our fathers. Why? Because we're sowing the right seeds. We're planting the right crop so we can reap the right harvest. Amen? And so as wives... Let's choose to honor the office of fathers. Because remember, we are discipling the next generation. And so how many of you know that you can help or you can hurt your children's chance of learning how to honor their father by what they see you do? Come on. And so... Two ways wives can honor the office of fathers by setting the example by first honoring your own father. Let them see you honor your father. Come on, we learn best by example, right? Boy, it's really, really quiet in here today. But is, is this true? Is this right? And so by we can set the example, ladies or wives, by... First, honoring our own father, but secondly, by personally honoring your children's father. You know, if they see you tearing down, degrading their dad, you know what they're going to start doing? Tearing down, 
degrading their dad, right? And it's going to carry over into their marriage. So we have to stop the bleeding by, first of all, as children of God, honoring our parents, our fathers, but then as wives, honoring the office as well. And I think one of the greatest things we can do for our children is to teach them to honor their father. Our fathers teach them to honor their mothers. Whenever you think about the principle, you're blessed if you learn to do this. Let's help them learn how to do this. Come on, let's help set them up to live in the promised land. Come on, let's help give them the tools they need. Let's not, let's not tear their lives down by setting the wrong example. Amen? If you accept this and receive this, say amen. Okay, so, so we got we to gotta lift up that office of fatherhood while world tries to tear it down. And so number three, we reverse the curse by number three as a church choosing to honor the role of fathers. And I feel like, you know, you know, this is like, this is really, you know, like not so deep, right? Like I never heard this before. But listen, our church needs to stand up and say, no, this is the plumb line. This is the straight wall. That wall is leaning. Come on, are you all with me? The Bible says, 1 Timothy 3.14, I'm writing these things, these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I'm delayed, you know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the foundation of truth. The pillar and the foundation of truth. If the family is going to make it, the church has to, has to sound the alarm. The church has to say, families are important. Don't let corporate America tear your family apart. Don't let life tear. We got to support and strengthen the family. Are y'all hearing me today? Are y'all with me today? Come on, we as the church have to put value on the family. The family is the thing that'll hold it together. When everybody else turns out, when everybody else walks out, it's your family that'll be there. We need to support the family. It's the church's responsibility to be the supporter and the defender of truth. It's the church's job to remind our fathers that they have a God-given calling and purpose in our society. Fathers are vital to keeping our, our, our community and our society healthy and strong. The Bible says in Malachi 4, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming and great terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children of the fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. The prophet's mandate was to restore honor in the family. That was the, the, the prophet Elijah's coming and he's going to restore. He's going to bring back honor in the family. See, why would he, why, why did he not teach on the gifts or the revival or the awakening? Because all of that will not last and will not be sustained unless there's a rock solid family that can enhance it and hold it. Amen. So we need the family. When the family is not in order, it releases a curse on the land. When families are in order, it releases a blessing on the land. 
Come on, it's harder and harder today. One of the greatest, greatest challenges is to try to keep the family together. Everything is pulling the family apart. Everywhere you go, the world, the values of the world, the things of the world is pulling and yanking on the family. And here we are trying to keep it together. It's a tough challenge, but we must maintain our vigilance for the family. We must keep putting the time and the effort for the family. We got to keep raising up the flag and say the family's important. It's worth fighting for. It's worth dying for. It's worth sacrificing for. We need to stand up for the family. Amen. As fathers, let's choose to honor the role of the fathers. We have to do the job, right? As fathers, here's where we got to just get loose from the bondages. We got to get out of the fog and we got to maintain our vigilance. And men, we honor the role of father by the examples we set. We can make it hard for our children to honor or we can make it easy for our children to honor us. We're not perfect. We're not going to get it right. But let's do what we can to make it easier and easier for them to honor their father. Amen. Are y'all with me, man? You know, listen, some children have, have no respect for fathers. Why? Because of such a terrible example. Such a terror. Some ladies, they, they might be married, but they can't stand men. And they will give every man that comes across their path a tough time. Why? A terrible example of a father. And there, there comes the curse. But we have to do what we can, work as hard as we can to set the best example that we can. Amen? And listen, Adam and Adam, I mean, he had the perfect situation. And, and, you know, um, it didn't happen too well for him. But we got to do what we can to set the standard of what a father's supposed to be. And I ask you, what is it that you wanted in your father? What is it that you wished your father would have did for you? That's exactly what we need to do as fathers. Amen? You know, I think the enemy would try to make us feel like it's so far out of reach that we'll never get there. But listen, God created you as a male. You have what it takes. You might have a, a long way to go. You might have a lot of learning to do, a lot of undoing to, to, to take care of. But you got what it takes. Amen, men? Because God created you to be the father. So let's change for the next generation the example of fathers. We can't change the world, but we might be able to make a difference right where we are. Amen? And so the Bible says, fathers, in in Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So he says, listen, fathers, invest your time and energy in your children. It's the best gift you could ever give them. It's the best gift we could ever give them. Our children need our time. Our children need our attention. Our children need our loving discipline as well. Right? He said, train them up. Most of our children need to see us modeling a relationship with God. He says, train them up in the nurtured admonition of the Lord. How, how are you going to train them up in the ways of the Lord if you don't know it? Amen? So we have to do what it takes to learn and to grow in our relationship with God because we are setting the example for them. And we can't give them what we don't have. Amen?
Train them up. Notice the Bible doesn't say, you know, you think that in our society that, well, raising kids, that's the wife's job, right? No, the Bible says, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. It's, it's the man's responsibility. So we need to get involved. We need to get in the game. Amen? We can instruct our children in the way of the Lord as we learn the way of the Lord. And as men, if we will do what we can, ask God's grace to be with us, then we will turn the tide of the the direction that our society is going on. The family is the foundation of our society. And if if the family unit is broken down, and it's totally messed up, I mean, you know, it's just like, what is a family anymore? It used to be a family was this. You can't use the definition of the family that you used 10 years ago anymore. They're totally, they're totally rewriting the, the description. Well, God has not changed. Are y'all with me today? God has not changed. Listen, you know, you're not, you don't have to be a, a bigot. You don't have to be a hater. You don't have to be intolerant, but you have to have courage. You have to have strength to say, this is the standard. It's not my standard. It's God's standard. We got to stand up and say, no, no, this is what it needs to be. Amen. Come on. And you're willing. This is not just a father thing. This is a church thing. This is an all of us thing. We have to all get on board. And we have to see the seriousness of what we're dealing with today. You know, it's kind of like that frog in the kettle. You know, if you put a frog in hot water, he'll jump out. You'll never boil him. But you could put him in cold water and put the heat up and let the water change gradually. And the, and the frog will boil before he realizes what happened. And I think the church is like the frog in the pot. And it's like the temperature is changing and we're coming to church and clapping our hands and saying hallelujah while the enemy's turning up the heat. And it doesn't matter. Well, you know, everything, it doesn't, it doesn't economy. Forget the economy. We need our families in place. We need the strength of our society in place. We need to worry more about that than the economy. Amen. Now, listen, as I'm talking here, I'm thinking, man, how many of us in this room today are messed up and having problems because we miss what we're talking about today? And we're walking around with a wound of not having this in place. See, we, a lot of us are products of exactly what we're talking about. And we know better than anybody the seriousness You can have all the education you want. You can have all the resources you want. But man, if you don't have what's the affirmation, the acceptance on the inside of you, you're going to struggle. You're going to have problems. What do you do whenever you've already, it's done. You've already grown up. You're already here. The only thing I know is that you got to get in touch with your heavenly father. Because he has a way of healing the broken heart. Amen. He has a way of bandaging up the wounds. He has a way for making up the difference. Amen. 
He puts us in the body of Christ and we can be mentored. You might not have a father. God will give you a father in church. He'll give you lots of fathers. He'll get men around you that'll love you and show you what an example is supposed to be like so you can learn and you could grow and you can get a better shot of it. Amen? You know, so listen, we need the church to stand in its position and support the family. Amen. Y'all receive this word today? Come on, just stand up with me. Let's close in prayer. Uh, yeah, that's the thought of... I can, uh, Really understand what you're saying. I mean, being a father and being a man of God, you know, we walk through a lot of troubles, a lot of times. We feel that we are men that we know what to do, you know. Uh, we have relationships with, with our children, with our wives, our fathers, mothers, you know, brothers and sisters. And you start acting yourself when your relationship goes bad with other people, what did I do? What did I do to get it like it is? And I say that because I was having a conversation with my son, one of my sons. And I kept asking him, son, what, do I, what did I do to get the relationship that I have with you like it is? Because we, we grew apart, and we don't speak like to each other, like, you know, as much as we both like to have done. And he came one day, and we were having a conversation. We was talking, and it it came up again. And said, son, what did I do throughout the years to make it like our relationship like it is? And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit dropped into my heart. It ain't what I did to make our relationship like it is. I said, son, that I'm not going to ask you that question anymore. The question I'm asking now is, what can I do to make the relationship what it should be? And, you know, just sitting and listening to we, like he said, we set examples by our actions. You know, it, it didn't take a lot to act and what can it, what, what do I need to do to make it like it is? Because he had the same thoughts, the same feelings as I did. You know, we both wanted the same thing. And if we have relationships with other people that straight away, we just got to ask ourselves, ask them what can we do to get our relationship back to what it was. And it goes for the Lord too. What do, what do we need to do to get back to what it, he wants it to be? Amen. You know, and since then our lives have changed. I communicate better with my wife, my my kids, my family, my co-workers, everybody that I come in contact with, you know, it's not what we did. It's what we can do to correct what we what needs to go on more, you know. Amen. So, what did what did he say, Vernon, when you asked him that question? What was his response to you? <laughs> it just, you know, be a, a father, you know, just be there for me. Just listen to me. You know, just listen to what I have to say. You know, just open your ears and open your heart to what what I have. That you know, you always been there, but we grew apart, and this took this to bring us back together again. Amen. You know, and uh, it, it it works wonders. You know, when we we get that idea, you know that 
feeling in our heart that it's not what we did, it's what we can do. Amen. You know. Amen. Thank you, Vernon. You know, Vernon, Vernon was sharing uh, at men's group. Dick has a men's group on Tuesday, and they were, Vernon shared at that group. He suffered a lot of rejection growing up. And it's hard to give somebody something you don't have. You know, that's, that's a case of a lot. You know, how do you give your children what you never received yourself? Some of us didn't receive it because our fathers didn't have it to give. We've got to turn this thing around. Amen. And, and Vernon went on to tell us that, you know, after him and his son had that conversation a couple of days later or that weekend or something, they went spend the day out at La Triumph for the golf tournament thing and just walked around. And then found out his son was looking for a house and they found a house. And he said, I think we found a house where it's at. It's six doors down from you, dad. Amen. You know, I think of I think of Brother Francis. There's Kermit right here and Brenda right here. What Brother Francis did everything to do to not be a good, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like he he just his testimony is he made it hard for his children to honor him. He had a re- very sharp tongue. And so, you know, then he gets saved. But he's got a broken family. But slowly and slowly, through the grace of God on his life and the grace of God on his children's lives, God began to turn it back around. And now they're inseparable. I mean, you, you know, if you go to their house to eat, they're going to have a family there. But isn't that a great thing? Isn't that a blessing to have the family together? Listen, when we're at the end of our life, When we're laying on our deathbed, we're not going to ask for our bonds. We're not going to ask for our stocks. We're not going to ask for our financial broker. We're going to ask for our families. Amen. Father, thank you so much. Lord, I know that there are people here today. There are ladies that are struggling. Because they never got that affirmation, that love from their fathers. Fathers didn't have it to give and they're struggling. Lord, I know that you heal and I pray your healing power be released. Lord, there are men here today. How do you begin? How do you begin to do something you don't know how to do? How do you do something you never saw modeled before you? Lord, I pray the grace of God. Lord, I pray draw men into the fellowship like never before. God, give them some supernatural connections with other men. Lord, I pray that, God, you would just reverse the curse in our land and that you would just raise up a great army of godly men, of men of God that, Lord, are walking in the road that you've created them to walk in. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said, amen Amen and amen. Amen. Listen, whenever you, whenever you, this is kind of like, you're talking about opening a can of worms. I know there's all kinds of questions and, you know, all kind of uh, thoughts that come. But I want to encourage you, hang around church, make some friends in church. Uh, there's some men's group for you men. Uh, you know, call the church. Let us get you plugged into some men's group. Hang around church and let, let godly men come around you. You know, 
Let them come around you and love on you and help you. And they will help you become the man that God wants you to be. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day to you. God bless you. Y'all have a great day in Jesus' name. You're dismissed.